Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode number two of Thoughts from the Finish Line. I am Gerard Connolly, and today I was joined by our very own Farah Vislaley. And today we go into a little bit of a discussion about track racing versus road racing. Uh, I am a track runner, and Farah is mostly a road runner. So we decided that there's probably a lot of people out there who might not know so much about track like I do, because Farah didn't really. And uh, yeah, decided to just get into some of the specifics about the difference between road and track. Uh, It's turned out to be a pretty interesting conversation. We talked about quite a few things, how track, the logistics involved in track are pretty tricky sometimes, uh, why tactics in track and field racing can be so important, and some local races that are happening sometime soon on the track that are a good opportunity for anybody who is interested in getting into track. If you're a beginner, then uh, yeah, it's a good opportunity for you to check out. So if you want to find out what, what meets we talk about, then just continue listening to this podcast uh and if you need help getting to the starting line of any of these track races that you might be interested in or you want some inspiration just reach out to us at finish line physical therapy you know not only can we help you accomplish your goals through training and coaching but we also are a physical therapy clinic after all so whatever injuries you may be running into whatever prehab goals you may have we're here to help so Reach out on our website or however you can. We're on Instagram. You can give us a call, whatever it may be. Just reach out to us and we will get you set up. We are here to help. So without further ado, tune into the next 40 minutes of podcast entertainment. And please tune in next time. We're going to keep this podcast thing going and we're excited to bring this to you. All right, here we go. We're on air. We're on air. Hello, Gerard. <laughs> Tis I. Hello. Hello. Um, today, today we're talking about track racing versus road racing, I guess. But I kind of want to think about this as uh, an exploration of track. It is track season, right? Yes, it yes. is track. That's it's, a thing. It's currently track season. It's been track season, but it's been two different types of track seasons. Okay, we can talk about both. This is great. I'm so I'm a track noob. Um, let's. I feel like. But we a should, road veteran. Yes, I feel like it's important to provide some some background info for context here. So, I Farah came to running as an adult. I did not run track. I did not run cross country. I did not run in school in any capacity. Uh, you, Gerard, have a different story. I have been running since I was in seventh grade. I was wrestling slash uh, was racing motocross, and I just wanted to get in shape, and I joined the track team, and ever since then, I've been racing cross-country and track, uh, as a lot of kids do in, in, in middle school and high school, but I've, I've, stick, I've stuck with it. I'm still racing, and now I'm racing on the roads, too, because... Uh, yeah, there's a lot of different fun ways to, to put one foot in front of the other. Yeah, so when I got involved in running, I, I signed up through charity, through team and training to uh, train for a half marathon and uh, was probably only until recently like uh, unaware that track racing is something that happens, that can happen even as an adult. So my whole world has always been, 
you know, endurance, these longer runs. And obviously, you know, you do, you sign up for the New York Marathon, you do the nine plus one, you run the shorter races in Central Park and Prospect Park. And so, you know, I knew, I knew those were a thing, um, you know, local 5Ks and whatnot, but always on the road. And, and, you know, all of a sudden this year, just to me anyway, it feels like track is just like everywhere now. Yeah. There's track meets. Track is back. Track is back. Um, and I just have a lot of questions about it. Um, and maybe other people have questions about it and we can enlighten them. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think there's definitely a disconnect between the vast world of runners and the niche small world of track and field athletes. Uh, I personally love just how competitive and exciting track and field can be. Uh, how, yeah, it's just it's a very unique sport. And um, as somebody who participates in it, I might be a little biased, but I, I, yeah, I mean, I'm looking up results all the time. I'm looking up uh, meets that are coming up uh, on the professional level, on the world stage, and it's it's something that's very interesting. So I. I I don't know. What, 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 am I answering your question? Was uh, it a question? No, it wasn't. It wasn't a question. It was more just a like, like let's let's get into it. Yeah. Okay. I haven't asked you any questions yet. Okay. <laughs> I know. I, I know. My my job here is to answer some questions, so <laughs> I'm ready. All right. Um, all right. So let me let me give you like some my very like baseline understanding of of track, and then you're gonna like you're gonna expand upon this. How about that? Okay. Okay. So, as you mentioned, it's track season. It's actually, there's there's multiple track seasons. We're kind of in the second one right now. Yes. So, I know that, like, indoor track events are a thing, and then outdoor track events are a thing. Like, break this down for me. Like, indoor, I imagine, makes sense in the winter. Yes. Like, are indoor track meets happening now or no? Now we're in full outdoor season. Like, what's going on? No. Traditionally, the indoor track season runs from like the second weekend of December until like mid-March when COVID started. That I always remember like when COVID started because mm-hmm. I remember like that's when all like the final track meets are for the year. Uh, you know, that's 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 the most important thing in my life. So <laughs> <laughs> of course I, I, I kind of kidding, but also kind of serious. Uh, but yeah, so that's, that's like the winter track season and then indoor track season and then the spring track season starts like early April ish. Okay. Now then you were... there is a little bit of overlap and fun fact there is an indoor track meet happening this weekend because uh, they just built a new indoor track in Boston and they're doing some pro New Balance exhibition type meet. Oh, is that what's going on in Boston this weekend? It's the only thing <laughs> happening in Boston this week. I think I think yeah, it is this weekend. That would make sense because get some people excited about track uh-huh. before the marathon I and then see. and then the marathon. I see. Okay, now, and when you say when COVID started, this is very fresh for you. You were in college when yes, that happened. So you was, were running track in college. I was in my final indoor track season. I ran at regionals, the regional championship meet, and then, yeah, and then a couple of days later, yes, yeah, it's it all weird. Okay, and so obviously I know, like, track is something that happens in college. Um, what is the deal, like, how does it work with people who are not in college, who are beyond college running track meets. This is what was like the most sort of like surprising thing to me is, you know, just being here in the clinic and, and working with you and other people here who go and, and run in these track meets and often they're hosted by a college. So I'm just, I, 
I'm, yeah. that to me was like, wait, but aren't is aren't these only for college kids? Like, how does this? How are you doing that? Yeah. Like, <laughs> so I, I guess uh, I remember just your main question kind of seemed just like, what is the purpose of track and field if you're not like running professionally? I guess, uh, and how does the purpose change depending on who you are? Um, so yeah, if you're if you're in high school, you compete for your school against mm-hmm. different leagues and different and within your county, and then you try to go to the state meet. You got to qualify for all these meets, qualify for a league meet, qualify for the county meet, qualify for the state meet, and there are either qualifying times or there's qualifying meets to you have to get a certain position to qualify. Um, it kind of stays the same throughout college mm-hmm. and after college uh, if you're a professional runner. Uh, so in college, you're qualifying for your conference meet with either a time or you have to be top 18 or something in your conference, and then qualify for your region, qualify for the national championship, etc. And then professional runners qualify for either the U.S. track and field championship, mm-hmm. the world championship, or the U.S. track and field Olympic trials or the Olympics. So that's kind of like the tier, I guess. Uh, the tier system, bracket system, whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it, of uh, why it, like why are these meets even there in the first place? Um, so I mentioned having to run fast times to qualify, and that's where you get a lot of the invitationals. Mm-hmm. And that's where you get people like me, who I'm not affiliated with any college team. I'm not, I'm not going to be qualifying for... The U.S. Championship anytime soon, so these invitationals really exist. The primary primary reason for an invitational to exist is to get college kids qualifying for their championship meets, right. whether it's their conference, their divisional, national championship, whatever it is. But me, I just love racing, so I'm gonna sign up for this meet as an open slash unattached athlete. Maybe throw a Brooklyn Track Club on there. Mm-hmm. Um, and just just run run and fast as possible and it's sanctioned this is normal like people do this yep this yeah. is this is normal some I mean sometimes colleges host smaller meets and they don't want open unattached athletes but most of the time especially now that COVID is like kind of on the outs they are welcoming everybody mm-hmm. back into their meets and uh, yeah that's I guess okay so it's like I mean across the board well, you you do it because you love it, but like generally, whether you're in college or not, you're doing this meet these meets is to qualify for something to to you know build up that. Yeah. Whereas you know a college lacrosse season, you're kind of uh, ranking yourself amongst your conference and national competitors all season by just building a score of you know. Eight and six, eight and seven. That's your your seasonal score, and that mm-hmm. qualifies you for the the uh, what is it? I can't... championships playoffs. Playoffs. I yeah, I, I yeah. forgot what the word playoffs was. <laughs> tell tell me, I'm a track nerd, right? Uh, yeah. So that's generally how it goes. But that the purpose of a college track season is to qualify. Right. Right. Another okay. way. So that's that's I'm on board with that. That makes sense to me. Um, I guess, I guess my next question is like, so what only, only fast people do track meets? Like, no, no, not at all. All right. 
Okay. Yeah. It's, see, I would it say seems that way. <laughs> I would say it seems that way because the track is a very vulnerable place. It, like, it's yeah. some people you may hear about people saying they prefer road racing over track or they prefer cross country over track because it's just mentally easier. Uh-huh. You know, not only you're doing 12 and a half laps around an outdoor track or 25 laps around an indoor track to run a 5K, that seems like forever. It, it's mentally tough in that aspect, but also you're just, if it starts going the wrong way and you're not you're not feeling too good and you got that ugly pain face going that's yeah. uglier than usual and just like it's... Well, you're on display. You're on total you're display. On display. It, it, is, it is a lot, and, and you're really putting yourself out there. So uh, I would say, like, that may be why, like, if, if you're not totally confident in, in racing a, a certain distance, then, yeah, like, it's, it's tough. Yeah. You don't, you don't have, like, a new section of cheering fans along the side or, like, a new section of the city to see. It's, it's just the same boring lane one. <laughs> And the same people who stop cheering because you're in last place. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So when you when you're doing these like larger meets or these invitationals where you have this mix of you know college athletes, collegiate athletes, and other people, older people, um, are how does it are they all running at this together like the same events? Are there separate like events for people who are not competing at the collegiate level? Like, or is it all mixed in? Yeah. So. There are separate so a track meet, track meet consists of multiple events throughout the day. Right, can last from anywhere to from two hours to three days, uh, and yeah, some meets will have three events, four events, five events, and then some will have every single track and field event that there is, whether it's the five k, the mile, the eight hundred, the two hundred, the four hundred. Uh, or the field events, which is a whole other world that I, I don't know everything about, but yeah, it, ex- like it exists too. Right. We can, for the sake of this podcast today, we can acknowledge s- that that exists and also acknowledge that we're not going there today. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair enough. We're, we'll stick to mostly the distance running because I think that's what most people who's listening can relate to. Um, but yeah, so let's say the 5,000 meter event is coming up, the mile is happening right now, and the last heat of the mile just went, and then the first heat of the 5K is gonna be either the slowest section or the fastest section. Typically, I think most meets go fastest to slowest, Mm -hmm. so the first heat is gonna be all the people who seated themselves the fastest from whatever time to whatever time, and then there's maybe four or five heats, and then, you know, sometimes you get people in the second heat running faster time than people in the first heat, it's not exclusive to, to how they're seated, uh, but that's generally how it goes. And then, yeah, it'll usually be four heat the men, four heat the women, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then, yeah, on to the next event, 800 or the mile or, or 3,000, whatever. Yeah. I have to say, it's so funny when I hear you, like you and Brendan, for instance, discussing various track meets that you're taking part in or whatever, and you keep saying the phrase heat cheat which is, I guess, a list of everyone who's in a particular heat for an event. And the heat sheet has such a different meaning to me 
Um, because I immediately imagine like the foil, you know, like the foil blankets, like you get at the end of a marathon. Oh, really? Yeah. So every time I hear you say this phrase, I'm just like, why are they talking about heat sheets? And then I like, it takes me a few seconds. It's so funny. I I actually never knew that. And, uh, at cherry blossom last weekend, that was like one of the first races I've ever done. That's warranted a heat sheet. sheet. And cause I did, I did a half. I did the trials and miles half, which was like pretty small and during COVID, so there wasn't heat sheets. Right, right. And then uh, the other one was like early September, so yeah. I guess it's just too hot out. But yeah, I was like, <laughs> my friend that I was there with, we both ran in high school together, and yeah, we're kind of new to like the longer distance races on the roads, and we're just like, where are everybody getting these blankets? Like, we didn't think <laughs> to look for them. We didn't know where they got them. We didn't, and some people had like multiple bananas some people multiple oranges waters and we're just like cold didn't realize we'd be cold and just like trying to collect our bag from the the bag check and we're like i want a blanket safe (laughs) to assume you don't get all the fun uh recovery stuff after a track meet huh no 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 goodie bag no uh well what's what's yeah actually i can't even say it's convenient i was gonna say it's what's convenient about a track meet is that your stuff is close by right and you could just leave it there go run and but I mean, if, if I'm running a track meet and I peek up into the stands and I see somebody taking my bag, like, I'm not going to stop right, running. Right. <laughs> so, it's not super convenient. I, I actually, the last time I ran the 5K at Ocean Breeze, yeah, it was a big stressor that I was, like, trying to figure out where to put my bag and like, Oh, so there's not even, like... No, there's no bag check. Wow. Yeah. It's really, truly, like, a whole different world. Yeah, there's no bag check. Because, again, because most of the time you have just your team, college team, the meets are generally right. sculpted around college teams, so you leave away the team, but if you're yeah. an unattached athlete, which I'm, I'm like, just realizing this now, too, like, oh, crap, I didn't even think that I won't have teammates with me. I, I know, like, I, I went by myself, I didn't plan to meet anybody there, so I kind of just scoped out who was there I, I found a few people I was somewhat familiar with, I'm like, hey, can you just, like, make sure nobody steals my bag during this yeah. race? <laughs> While I was trying to focus and worry about my race, yeah, there's a whole another aspect of it. So it was a bit of a unique experience for you too, simply just running these meets as an unattached, you know, adult athlete versus a, a college student. Yeah, even. it's 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 weird because there's a lot of things that your coaches do at a track meet that you don't even know what they're doing, mm-hmm. like checking you in, getting your bibs, like getting your. So there's there's a bib. Everybody knows a bib. You yeah. stitch it to your, yeah. your 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 jersey, your singlet. And then there's also hip numbers, which you get at different times. You put a hip number here, hip number here, so that when you're crossing the line... And just for reference, Gerard is pointing to his hip and his chest. Hip and chest. Here and here. (laughs) Hip, chest, and yeah, the timing and scoring systems that they have take a picture of you coming through the line. And they need that that so they know who you are. I don't even know why the bib is there sometimes, because it seems like they don't reference the bib a whole lot, but you need it. Uh, yeah, and you got to get the bib and the hip numbers at separate times, at, and to confuse it even more, every meet is left hip, right chest, left hip, left chest, it's right different. hip, there's left, no, no yes, yeah, so, no, and they just tell you what to do when you're there. Yeah, you got to find out. Like here are our rules. Yeah, you got to find out. Wow. Yep. This you know, it really feels like there could be a better way. <laughs> <laughs> this is a big part of the reason why track and field is just very unpopular. No, no one even wants to deal with it. It's a lot. It's a lot to think about. And I'm, I'm, I mean, on the one hand, and then on the other hand, 
you're literally just running in circles around a small area. So like that's different. Yeah. That's, that's kind of not a lot to think about, but like, I don't know. Let's talk about that for a second. Um, and you mentioned this earlier. So an indoor track is usually 200 meters. Mm -hmm. An outdoor track is 400 meters. Mm -hmm. Are there indoor tracks that are ever 400 meters or like, no, it's just indoor is 200. End of story. There are indoor tracks that are 300 meters. What? What? Yeah. They, Again, like, just be consistent. Um, so actually, so there's flat indoor tracks where there's no, like, it's like an outdoor track. The yeah. turns are flat. Right. And then I'm sure you've seen banked tracks. Yeah. Like Ocean Breeze, the Armory. I mean, I haven't BU. really. I, this is this whole world is new to me. I know they're a thing, yeah. but I haven't, like, see, I've heard about them. I have not seen them in the flesh. Um, but why? yeah, they, they exist. Why? Why? You run faster. Think Do about you? Think about the laws of physics. If you're going straight and then you want to turn left, okay, yeah, you want to yeah. like if, if if there's nothing to run like a wall or like yeah, you know, your your gravity is going going to want to keep going inertia. straight. Inertia, yeah, inertia. Right, that's the th- that's the thing. Yep, uh, <laughs> that thing. So, uh, yeah, a that body in motion stays in motion. Yeah, something like that. So it, it takes a lot of energy out of you to to resist that inertia i see so a bank kind of helps you it honestly i I think some indoor tracks with a bank are faster than outdoor tracks Mm. that are that require a lot less energy to turn but do you are there some that take it too far like i feel like i've heard of of tracks where the the way that it's banked is just like so extreme it's like what yeah so ocean breeze has a nice bank it's it's pretty mellow and i think for a 5k at the speed that I run, it's it's good. Mm-hmm. It's not too aggressive. I don't feel like too weird. But at Boston University, that bank is really steep, and it's it's definitely known to be one of the fastest tracks because it's very bouncy, and I, I still think that. But at the speed that I'm running a 5K, it's uh, I like feel it in my ankles. I'm almost like mm. I want to fall to the right. So you think it would be better if you you were running faster or slower? Faster. Faster. Yeah. Oh, okay. So that's like, why... That's surprising to me because, like, you run pretty fast. <laughs> yeah. I think. <laughs> that's why uh, a lot of the world records, indoor world records, have been set at Boston University because mm-hmm. it, caters it caters really well. people who are just, like, super duper fast. Who are fast. sprinting for 13 minutes, which is, like... Or the world record indoor 5K is 12.45 or something, oh which is bananas. Yeah. The men's, men's record. I'm not... Too short with the women's record. I think it's like 14, 14, 30 something. Also bananas. Uh, yeah. So for me, I'm I'm not running okay. quite that fast, so it doesn't doesn't work the same way for me. Yeah. Do you have a preference, indoor versus outdoor? Like, what's your what's your? I I, I like indoor because the even we- for a five k when you have to even do for twice a five, as many laps. Even for a five k because the weather is consistent. There is nothing like. Mm. You, you know when it's like a like six days before the race and you remember that weather is a thing and right. you're like oh crap I yeah. have to I have to worry about the wind and the rain and yeah. the whatever is it gonna smell like poop on Randall's Island yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> and if and wind is a big factor on outdoor tracks because you hit it the same time like every lap in the same spot and right. it's just really annoying but indoor track if you have a fast indoor track you you know what the climate's gonna be like and it's just the only thing you have to worry about is running fast and and getting your bib and hip number and all that other stuff which so. like to be fair is kind of a lot to worry about yeah as, as previously discussed but yep. yeah 
Okay. All right. So we've there are some track meets coming up. Yeah, I was actually just gonna say, the East River Five Thousand meet that's coming up is is uh, I think that's a really good opportunity for people to. If you're ever in, like, if you ever thought about racing a track meet, but you felt intimidated by how chaotic it can be, the East River Five Thousand is is definitely a little bit simpler. Yeah. It, there's there's two two open events, the eight hundred and the five k, and then there's a relay. Open meaning anyone can sign up. Anyone can sign up individuals. Yeah. And then there's a relay, which obviously you need a team mm-hmm. of four people. I think it's a four by four, so one lap. Pass off the baton. Another lab. Pass off the baton. Uh, yeah. I, so not only is there only three events, it's like easy to digest, but it just seems like the logistics and everything are going to be also easy to navigate. And uh, and it's at the East River track, which is like one point three miles from my apartment. So I'm I'm like tempted to even just warm up there and just <laughs> just do do my warm up like that. So yeah. Okay. East East River. East River 5,000. April 30th? Mm-hmm. Is that right? And it's a night nighttime thing, right? It is a nighttime thing. Which is like, I don't know, that has its own set of like... Yeah. Uh, I don't know, to me that's like in- fun but also intimidation factor, right? Yeah, that's that's a big thing when from going from track to, to the roads. Track races, I mean sometimes you race in the morning, but I feel like I always end up racing at night when it's a mm-hmm. track meet and... It's, it's a lot because you wake up and you're like, all right, it's race day. And you wake up early because you're all like rested and fresh and anxious and you're just like ready to go. And it's like, oh, it's 7 a.m. and I don't race till 8 p.m. So you're just kind of like rocking back and forth in your chair all day <laughs> and trying not to drink too much coffee, but also trying to manage how much coffee you drink because you still need to drink coffee. But like, And what know, do you eat and when do you eat it? Yeah, and... like I don't want to like poop my pants, but like I do want to poop at some point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's always the great... You know, but but like you know, a nice eight a.m. morning race. It sucked waking up early, but you just you just do it. Right. As soon as you wake up, you're into your race routine. Right, right, and and you know, many people who are training for a race that starts at eight a.m. will do their run in the morning. They're they're prepared for it. They know mm-hmm. you know it's the yeah. routine. The routine is down. I'm never if I have a race at eight p.m. I'm never gonna be working on eight p.m. I, right, it's it's, right. it's it's unfamiliar territory yeah. for me. So I'm just like. In theory, you should be doing that, but I just say, oh, well, right, we'll like in theory, happens. it would be good to practice so you know what your body mm. feels like, but you're like, now nah, wing it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, I, I gotta say, I'm intrigued. I'm, I just mostly because I like running in circles. Yeah. Like, that's my jam. I think, I think if you're feeling <laughs> rested after Boston, I'm gonna continue convincing you to, to the, do this East River 5000. I mean, I think I... you'll have fun. I, I will I will keep an open mind. I feel like I still feel very intimidated by it. You have you have eased that a bit, you know. I understand that it's like an open thing that anyone can sign up, but like my question is like, will they? Will you people? Can you please? <laughs> yeah, I, it would definitely so. be helpful to hear what the heats are like because, uh, yeah, I I mean I, I know that they keep on advertising what the fast heats are like. They want more fast people to sign up, but yeah, I don't I don't really know what. The, the slower heats are looking like like mm-hmm. what the back of the pack is I, I I I'm sure if you asked them they would probably tell you yeah yeah that might and be good to know even from a spectator standpoint though I feel like track is such a fun like thing to watch if you know what to look for if, like pay attention to the splits see what mile they go through like what they go through in the mile split mm-hmm. what they're doing each lap 
see how certain people are positioning themselves because that is another big thing in track that is different from the roads is that uh you know a road race especially the longer ones is kind of just go out of the steady pace be smart and then try to keep your body from dying too much uh generally like i don't know that's how it's for me I, i always go out a little too hard but uh but in track it's like I, I find that I race the best when I throw time out the window. I don't think I, I like know a general time that I want to go through in, but I kind of just say, all right, I know I'm going to heat with people that are running times that I want to run. So I'm going to forget about time and just position myself amongst these people and just stay calm and try not to make any crazy moves. And if other people make a move, then I want to react to their moves so that when it comes to the last. 1,000 meters, 800 meters, last half mile or so, and it's the point where everybody's really tired, mm-hmm. then it'll come down to who could just tough it out and kick to the finish as best as possible. So, yeah. um, it, so it, with with track being such a, a vulnerable place, if you let like a gap go, it is so mental. And even if you're capable of running a time to catch up to them, seeing they're like 30 meters ahead of you, it just it destroys you, and you're like. I, I'm already so tired. How yeah. am I supposed to close this in a thousand yeah. meters? Even though, in theory, it might be possible. It's just the tactics affect the mind so much in yeah. track. Well, that's another reason I'm really intrigued. Not that I imagine myself in this situation where I'm like pining after catching up with people 30 meters ahead of me and being competitive in that way. But just the the mental aspect of it, you know, in general, like a running around in circles, and also this, you know, like it's it's just a to- it's a totally different mental game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think it would be like a fun challenge um to see i mean generally personally i think i have a pretty good mental game like i don't get in my head too much there are exceptions to that obviously but i'm kind of like curious to see how you know would that hold true on a track yeah Um, i I, i'll use an example of of something i always reference when i'm talking to the people about how to approach a track race yes and this is actually i want you to talk more about this too because like if we're going to talk me into doing this like I want to go unprepared. I want to know like the etiquette, like okay. I, so let's we'll, we'll we'll see how much this actually relates because this okay. bar- barely relates to me. But it's just like a really good example of why tactics matter. So there's Johnny Gregoric has run three forty nine in the mile. He is an American miler who, who yeah he's run three forty nine, and then Ben Blankenship has run. I, I think he's run like three fifty five, three fifty four. Not quite as fast as Johnny, but Johnny's one of the best American milers of all time. Uh, and then when it came down to the U.S. Track and Field Championship, the meet that qualifies you for the World Championship, uh, Johnny Gregoric has been known to like lack in the tactics department, even mm-hmm. though he's run really fast, long like like for like an all-out race. When it comes to like a slower race that's tactical, he kind of makes some mistakes. But Ben Blankenship, on the other hand, is really smart, and he knows how to like stay calm and just just stay mindful of what's mm-hmm. going on around him. So yeah, at the U.S. Track and Field Championships, you just see Ben Blankenship get right on the rail, right on the inside of lane one, stay calm. People are moving around all around him. Johnny Gregoric is going all around into lane three, going out back and forth. Uh, but Ben Blankenship just stayed calm, and I think Ben Blankenship got second or third, and Johnny Gregoric was like ninth, and... Yeah. Even though he's a much faster runner, yeah. he, he didn't go to the world championship just because he raced poorly. So, I, that, that, yeah, that's that's like just 
just gives you an example of why track and field is so different because th- that matters so much yeah. like those tactics matter so much more across yeah. all events really even the 10k even though it's so long like tactics matter because yeah it's it's tough okay so now let's talk like me the average runner mm-hmm. not someone busting out yeah 49 like i said i barely relate to that (laughs) let's but like so i don't i mean i i don't think i don't want to talk about like oh how do you prepare mentally but i'm like like what is the experience so you're in you're you get you know you get there whatever you're in a um a particular heat in theory with people who are running similar pace as you like everyone gets a lane but obviously you want to be on the inside yep like but then you got to get out of people's way, right? Like, yeah, so you know, there's there's the whole li- world of etiquette when you're running on a track that. I would plays say in. that, you know how, when you ran OSR, your first couple of miles were a little fast. Yeah. The temptation to go out fast on the track is like tenfold. Okay. It, it, it is yeah. it is extreme because not only are you in a race, but you're also scrambling to find a good position. You want to make sure you're not like. I don't know, you go, you, you, you like think of a split in your head if you're trying to run like a 20 minute 5K, then that's whatever it is per lap for per 400 meters. You say it's so nine, wait, 91. How many laps is the 5K on an outdoor track? 12 and a half. 12 and a half, okay. Yeah, so let's say you want to go through 400 meters in 91 seconds. I'm just making this up. I don't know how close that is to 20 minutes, but let's say you know exactly what will get you a 20 minute 5K. It's 91. You go in through in like 89 and then you go through in like 93 for the second lap. Mm-hmm. You start, it's like very hard to not think like, oh God, like 93, that's not what I'm supposed to be running. It's right. like, and you start like, I gotta, I gotta like 10 quick steps. And then it is, it is so easy to get carried away with just like moving your pace all over the place. But if you're on the roads and you went through the first mile in like Six ten, or or maybe even like six forty, and you're like ten fifteen seconds off your pace that you wanted to go. You're like it's it, less like the end of the world. Yeah, you're like yeah, whatever. Like I'll, yeah. I'll make up for the next mile. Yeah. It's very easy yeah. to think that way, but when you go through each lap and you see your time, it's like okay, I gotta make it up this lap. I gotta make it up this lap, or I I gotta slow down this lap. Or, yeah, but like yeah, that, I that, wonder though. I wonder if I would if if I or if one would have that experience as like a someone running their first track 5k like I I don't feel like I would I I don't think you would I think you would be really good at it because you're you're like pretty calm when it comes to racing in general yeah but I also just think like I I think my approach would be more like well this is completely new territory like I don't to me you talk about like okay I want to do 91 I did 89 and then I did 93 in my mind I'm like four seconds like I, I don't know like yeah. sure whatever there, I mean <laughs> but I guess when you are counting the seconds like with over such a short you know 400 meters like yes that does you know add up and make a difference but and the the, the like the temptation to become a metronome and just be like so spot on for every lap is, mm-hmm. is it is very tempting uh, no matter how fast you're running you just you know your pace and you know you want to hit your pace so yeah. I would say like my advice for that avoiding that would be to just focus on the people around you mm-hmm get a good idea of who you want to be who you want to finish in front of and then <clears throat> try to stick with them stay in a good spot with them read their body language yeah read their movements if it looks like they're going out way too fast then just be like calm about it yeah. like i know i want to beat them but i'm just gonna assume they're not as smart as me right now so 
Yeah, and I mean, I imagine it would also just make a big difference to to actually have a time in mind or a goal or something so you're not just kind of flying blind in yeah. that regard. And then also to, like, get out to a track and, like, okay, go do a lap in 91 seconds or whatever that mm-hmm. time is and, like, see how that feels and just... Having, having time goals is very important in track, yeah. too, because not only do you need to seed yourself, you need to know, like, what time you think you're going to finish at mm-hmm. because it'll help you get into the proper heat with the right people right. but also yeah just it, you know what you're looking for you, yeah you know how how to to not mess it up yeah. or how and i to think mess it up. that is also very you know very different from road racing and like for the longest time i approached road racing like i don't know i don't really know i don't know what's gonna happen so like i don't know you know people are yep. like what's your goal what do you think you're gonna do i'm just like i don't know i'm gonna go out and like see what happens and i think that is a, an approach you can have um I, you know, have since sort of shifted or, or, I mean, I don't know. I don't have a specific, like, time goal for Boston, let's say, but I, I have an idea in my mind of, like, yeah. what I think I can do. But that was not always the case, you know, and you can, you really can't do that and attract me, like, at all. you got to have you, some idea. You can, and I've learned how to be more like that, but it, it is much much harder and it's, it's much less common to hear somebody being like, yeah, I'll just see what happens, yeah. like, because it's like... <laughs> Okay, I'll see what happens two and a half laps into this race, and I see the clock, and I'm like, oh god, do I want that time? Like, do I want to run faster? And it's just, it's a, right. uh, it's a very, very uh, deep wormhole that your brain could go I down kinda, in the I, middle of a track race. I kind of think it could be fun. I don't, to like... I don't know if this is helping or hurting anybody's like <laughs> temptation to run a track race. Well, I, I mean, feel like this is a very specific conversation, but yeah, it's I just. I hope it's helping because I, you know, it's what? just. Like, I don't what want, track does? I'm sorry, I keep cutting you no, off. No, it's but, okay. I just like I'm just saying I don't want to be the only noob out there. If we if we manage to convince me to do this, I want other people out there with me feeling like a little uncomfortable and excited. And, I I I do hope that somebody hears this and signs up for this race. Yeah. That that would be awesome. I kind of also feel like I want to go based on what you just said and and um, you know start just being like yeah I don't really like take that yeah I don't really know what's gonna happen approach and then like get you know. Have people just think I'm completely nuts? And, so, and <laughs> I'll make the reference to what like a lot of people are starting to like say about people like track nerds like myself are starting to notice a trend in professional track and field where you interview one of the top runners and before a race or after, and they're just very neutral about uh-huh, everything. They're yeah. like, "Yeah, I'll just see what happens. I'll just you know I'm gonna you go out there and just it? just have some fun and." And just, you know, try to hit my marks, not not get too carried away, and just try to have a good kick. And and you hear that, like, 20 times, and, like, 20 different people. It's just like, all right, like, we get it. They're all boring. Well, and, and so are, when somebody, they, are, they, are they, like, are they but, full of it? Or but that's the thing. Or are they trying to fake it till they make it, like, fake it in terms of, like, being chill, even that's, though they're not actually, but, like, pretending like they are so so that maybe they will be a little bit more. Yeah, that's exactly my point is, like, like, yeah, I get it. it does sound a little boring, but you got to remember, like, they're human too, right. and they're freaking out, and they're trying to stay calm, and not only are they telling you that, they're telling themselves that, right. that, yeah, like, I'm, I'm going to try my best to have fun, but I really want to run the world standard, and I really want to, you know, finish in the top whatever and get a $30,000 prize bonus or whatever, like, it's, it, there's a lot, a lot of pressure for, yeah. for some of the top athletes, so saying these really boring blanket statements is kind of a mind trick for themselves mm-hmm. to just ease the tension and just be like, you know what, like, yep. 
at the end of the day, the only way I can actually accomplish my goals is if I don't think about them so much. And if I just say like, I know I'm fit, I know I have the capability of doing this, and if I just run smart, practice good tactics, then yeah, I should yeah. be able to accomplish that. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense to me. I mean, because so much of running is mental and so much of it is, you know, sort of tricking yourself in a way. And given that track is such a mental thing, like, yeah, of course, of course you're going to sort of lean into that and be like, yeah, you know, no, then, it's, everything is fine. That, <laughs> <laughs> that is uh, the very beautiful thing about running is it is just such a mind game. And uh, I, I, I mean, that's, that's why I like have, have dreams of being, a coach one day is because like I, I just love talking about the mental aspect of it it's yeah. it's uh it's it is not only is it just mentally tough it is like a literal mind game you have to play with mm-hmm. yourself and with others because there's just there's just so much going on and so much that could happen and you're very vulnerable and you're, so you're much tr- of that is inside your head yeah yeah um yeah I, I think that's a good note to end on <laughs> I'm I'm good with that Let's, yeah so We'll see. We, you know, will we get this podcast out before the East River Five Thousand? Hopefully. Yeah, we should be <laughs> able to get can, out uh, on on Wednesday. I think. Okay. I think that's what Hannah and I were saying yesterday. So. Uh, we will. Hopefully, uh, you're listening to this on Wednesday, April twentieth. Wink. Yeah, if you're asking me why I remember <laughs> that so specifically, then you already know the answer. <laughs> All right. Um. Great. Uh, yep. Hopefully this was enlightening, and please come run a track meet with us. Yeah, very good opportunity to run on the track on April 30th, East River 5000. If you were ever curious about running a track race, I think you should do this because, like I said, low pressure, easy logistics, and good local atmosphere that will likely be pretty fun. So Good vibes. Good vibes all around, and uh, that's, that's at the end of the day pretty important part of being a runner. Totally. 100%. Tune in next time. Thank you. Bye.